Welcome to Vitality Mindset Made Simple, where we take the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osment, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Today's topic is intermittent fasting. I know what you may be thinking. Are you kidding me? Anything with the word fasting in it cannot be in the realm of stress-free vitality. But stick with me. This is information that you're going to want. If you want to live your life to the fullest, feel your best, have more energy, and be more resilient to stress, and don't forget losing unwanted fat, especially especially that dangerous belly fat, that there's no better place to start than with intermittent fasting. And it doesn't matter what city you're in, what country you're in. It doesn't matter, matter if you are uh, living in the rural areas or in the uh, you know, giant Manhattan areas. Intermittent fasting works for everybody. Vitality Mindset Made Simple, uh, as of today, is in 146 cities and 17 countries. Thank you all so much for listening. And this is information for you. By simply changing the times that you eat, uh, you can lose weight. It seems to be too easy, but it's it's a very scientific, actually, form of weight loss. Now, intermittent fasting is simply an umbrella term for creating a meal timing schedule. Uh, there are many methods of intermittent fasting, including alternate day fasting, uh, periodic fasting, or time-restricted feeding. Now, in episode 12, we're going to concentrate on time-restricted feeding. While the term fasting has a myriad of meanings and options, it's really been a normal part of life in one form or another throughout recorded history. It's practiced in most religions, and it's even necessary still today in many cultures that uh, are experiencing food scarcity. My first world excuse for not fasting uh, made perfect sense to me because when I get hungry, I get mean. So who wants a mean wife, a mean mother, a mean daughter, sister, friend, or or a healthcare provider? So I really had to research this for its safety and sustainability to fully understand it before trying it or uh, even suggesting it to my patients. But I'm absolutely a believer now. I've seen it as a great strategy and a very low stress strategy to sustainably lose weight. Anybody can practice this powerful natural healing solution. It will help manage your blood insulin, lower triglycerides, stabilize appetite, hormones, and can really help you lose weight safely and slowly, which is the key. So as I mentioned earlier, there are many ways uh, to practice intermittent fasting, and I'm going to specifically talk about time-restricted feeding. That is uh, creating and customizing a feeding window and a fasting window all within your 24-hour day. Now, your feeding window is the time that you eat. So that might be that you wake up at 7 and you eat breakfast at 8. Now, if you eat dinner at 
say seven and finish by eight, you have a 12 hour feeding window. So whatever the time interval is between when you take your first bite and when you take your last bite, that's your feeding window. And the time between that is your fasting window. So periods of time without consistent food intake are really not at all new. In fact, most of human history, there have been times of feasting and fasting uh, simply due to food scarcity. So our bodies are designed to store calories in times of food availability and to release energy in times of scarcity. It's Intermittent fasting is really part of our design. And As a weight loss strategy, it's excellent because it's not a fad diet. And in general, most fad diets are very difficult to sustain. Now, during the, even during the fasting window, you can drink water. Uh, In in some plans, you can drink black coffee, uh, tea. I I really think it's probably better to stick with water so that you're not uh, getting extra caffeine. But, but that's up to you. One of the beautiful things about intermittent fasting is that you can customize it. You're the boss of you and you can decide how you want to do it and you'll know how you're feeling and you'll know how your blood numbers uh, are looking and you'll know what the scale say and how your clothing fits. So it's perfect because you can start low, go slow and let your body adapt. Now, one key to remember is that fasting is not starvation. Starvation is, in the truest sense, involuntary, but intermittent fasting is a choice and it does not involve starving yourself. It is deliberate and controlled and counting calories is not the primary focus of intermittent fasting, also called time-restricted feeding. So when done intelligently, it's truly a piece of having a vitality mindset and of increasing your health span, the healthy years that you enjoy. Now, this, this mindset has gained a lot of popularity recently, and intermittent fasting is frequently lumped into the fad diet territory, and, uh, and it can get dismissed. So As you know, I always want to focus on sustainable lifestyle strategies that do not stress people out. And um, intermittent fasting is absolutely not a fad diet. So how does it differ from other weight loss plans or even fad diets? Number one, with intermittent fasting, you don't have to buy your way into something to get started and to reap positive results. Now, that is one of the confusing areas uh, about intermittent fasting because it, it basically costs nothing. You don't have to change very much about your life all at once. Also, most fad diets promise immediate results. And from my experience as a wellness coach, the results are slow, and that's a good thing. It it causes inside-out changes that last. Now, healing the root of the problems safely in developing you know, these lifestyle changes takes a lot of time. I, I want you to be aware of anything that promises immediate results or, or fast weight loss. Most of those rapid weight loss uh, diets also result in rapid weight gain as soon as they are over, and that absolutely disrupts metabolism. I think it was in episode four that I talked about... Um, weight loss mindset shifts and had found some research that for every diet a person is on, they they actually gain 11 pounds in the long run. So intermittent fasting is a lifestyle 
a lifestyle change that you can incorporate even to your into your busiest day. And and if some days you do well with it, great. If some days you don't, you just move on and, and do better the next day. And also intermittent fasting is is often easily dismissed by uh, healthcare workers. Uh, it's just, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. It's just that we live in a society that's so often a uh, prescription-based solution, and and it's uh, this is very natural. It's very personal. Uh, doctors and nutritionists easily can you know throw the baby out with the bathwater and not realize that there absolutely is a scientific base. It doesn't involve prescribing medicine, and they're not going to hear about it. In, from their their drug rep or or potentially even in their journals, although it's starting to be in some of the medical journals, it's, that's it's really great. Uh, so so your your physician, your nutritionist has to to decide to proactively educate uh, the themselves, and then hopefully pass this information on to patients. So there are, there are a few problems with time restricted feeding. Uh, some ad, some advocates of intermittent fasting suggest that if you that you can still heal your body and eat anything and everything you want uh, during your feeding window. I mean, they'll say you can eat solid junk food during your feeding window. Uh, and still feel good. That is absolutely not true. I mean, intermittent fasting does allow you the opportunity to phase out of some of these foods slowly without, you know, without having to consider them forbidden fruit. And I think that's really positive, but you still have to give your body what it needs. I think one of the one of the great things I love about intermittent fasting is that you don't have to have a can't have list. You don't have to to make things um, inaccessible. You can still eat some things you like. You just you just narrow the window, and but you still have to give your give yourself the nutrients uh, the that your body requires to function well. So, so that's a whole nother talk, but I think, uh, you know, that I want to dismiss that fallacy because if you just absolutely eat junk food all the time, even though you're eating it within a four hour, eight hour window, you're not going to feel as good as you could. So there are a lot of, um, you know, there's just a lot of unhealthy skinny people out there uh, that I've seen over the past and I and I don't think that is good. Our bodies are designed with specific nutrient needs for growth and repair and if we just give them junk we won't um, get to have that. We, we won't have the stress resilience that we really need in life today. So, some people, some of the critics of intermittent fasting are concerned that fasting in any form can stimulate um, anorexia or binge behaviors. I've seen no evidence of that. That's absolutely a a different kind of problem. So intermittent fasting is a very important weight loss tool because it, it, it influences two powerful hormones essential to normal weight maintenance. And these are the areas that have been well studied. Firstly, it influences growth hormone. Growth hormone is an important fat-burning uh, hormone that uh, that protects muscles by bur- by building lean body mass. Now, it's considered one of those anti-aging hormones because, unfortunately, it naturally decreases with age. Insulin uh, is another hormone that's affected by intermittent fasting, and 
insulin is the hormone that causes the body to store fat. It actually helps you gain weight. Uh, I don't know if I should use the word help there when we're talking about a weight loss strategy, but it, it will cause you to gain weight. When it's present, your body's not burning fat. So the the dominant hormone that blocks growth hormone is uh, insulin. And insulin is released by the pancreas in the presence of food. So you can see how these two are, are working against each other. When insulin is present too much of the time, our cells start blocking it and become resistant to it. But with the but the proper amount of insulin, of course, is essential to vibrant health. I always say that insulin is sort of like your high school boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, too much of a good thing is not a good thing. You got to have it when you need it, but you don't want it hanging around all the time. So remember that insulin and growth hormone work at different times. If you have too much insulin, you're not going to have as much growth hormone. So, so that sort of helps move on to the the uh, situation with of insulin resistance. Now, insulin resistance is when insulin's there too much and your body gets resistant to it. Now, this creates the environment for type 2 diabetes. Every time you eat, I mean, even when you eat a healthy snack, uh, insulin is released and can spike violently depending on the glycemic index of the food. So even as recently as a few decades ago, uh, people generally ate three square meals a day. I mean, when I was a kid, we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we also had snacks. I really thought that it was normal to eat breakfast, then a mid-morning snack, then lunch, then a three o'clock snack, then dinner, and then a bedtime snack. I mean, that's how uh, we, I grew up eating, and that's how many people have have eaten for, for years and years. But I don't do that anymore. Once I learned about intermittent fasting, I made changes because that all-day grazing is not good for vitality. So how do you go from all day grazing to eating just two or three meals a day? Here are some some easy what I call start, start somewhere strategies to alter your own feeding window. Now remember, there are countless ways to practice intermittent fasting. There's no one way to do it. Don't let anybody tell you that. The important thing to remember is that you can get started, you can see how you feel, you can watch your lab results, you can watch your waistline, you'll know. And um, so so don't be afraid to get started. So here are some simple suggestions. Uh, number one, evaluate your current feeding window. So what time do you generally take your first bite of the day and your last bite of the day? This is your feeding window. You want to try to have a minimum of a 12-hour feeding window, which leaves you a 12-hour fasting window. Many things you read uh, recommend a four-hour feeding window and then a 20-hour fasting window. That doesn't work for me. It might work for you. It doesn't work for a lot of people. So somewhere in there, find your groove, find your happy spot, and just just be at that area. Start by shortening your feeding window by just one hour. So depending on your lifestyle, you might eat breakfast later, or you might stop eating uh, later 
in the evening. You might have dinner earlier. Now, many experts in this field suggest that eating breakfast later is probably the most beneficial because you've already come off that that nighttime fast, that sleeping fast before you break fast, you know, breakfast with your first meal. Now, that, doesn't, that didn't work for me initially when I started trying to think about my feeding window and my fasting window. I had to be at work at seven and I really was sort of on roller skates and, and, and needed to eat something before that. Hence, I tried to avoid late night snacking. At this point in my life, when I see patients a little later in the day, I'm working toward a 12-hour feeding window or less. This you can make these changes gradually. Now listen to your body and go at your own pace. Look at your your social calendar, your work schedule, and evaluate each day individually. Now some people think they need to restrict their eating to just like I said to four hours, but but don't think you can't you, that you have to do that. You can do whatever you want. People have enjoyed excellent results with just a ten or twelve hour feeding window, and um you know, be gentle with yourself. Give yourself grace. That's one of the fantastic things about intermittent fasting. Of course, in any area of life, no matter what you're eating or not eating, it's really important to drink plenty of water. Mild dehydration often feels like hunger and it drains your energy and it can cause brain fog. I talked about brain fog last week in episode 11. So please listen to that one if you haven't. Also, it's very beneficial when you are uh, trying to lose weight to include potassium-rich foods in your day. Now, potassium is a very important mineral when it comes to the repair of insulin dysfunction. So we talked about insulin resistance, and that's um, a type of insulin dysfunction. Insulin's not working for you like it should. It's working more against you. And insulin resistance is a primary factor in obesity, in memory problems, in cardiovascular disease, uh, in all kinds of things. So foods that are rich in potassium are things like avocado, spinach, bananas, acorn squash, Uh, wild-caught salmon, sweet potatoes, pomegranates, dried apricots, uh, white, white beans. There's so many good foods rich in potassium. So you want to make sure that you include these foods uh, if you're trying to get your blood sugar back in line. Another thing that can really help you get started is to make sure you get plenty of sleep. That's so easy to say. We can't talk enough about the importance of intentional restorative sleep because uh, it's hard to get it these days. And, and I encourage my, my clients to nap if they feel like it, you know, early in the day. But if you need to take a nap, take a nap. The, the fatigue increases your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, and uh, that your cortisol increases your insulin. So and insulin increases your hunger. And, you know, here we go on this merry-go-round. You get the point. It's a vicious cycle. So aim for sleeping, you know, seven to eight hours a night, uh, avoid, and you're going to sleep better if you avoid, avoid food a few hours before going to bed. You're going to get much richer, deeper sleep. Another thing that you can do to improve your success with intermittent fasting is get some moderate exercise. Now, some of the hardcore intermittent fasters do heavy exercise, but I don't think that's necessary. If you want to do that, fine, but that would be on the stress range to me. You know, again, find your sweet spot and know that you can design your own protocol. 
I'm, I'm mentioning this because even a brisk walk will help you feel more energetic during the day. If you can get a walk early in the morning, get some sunshine, uh, just get some early morning sunshine that's going to help stimulate melatonin. You know, don't wear sunglasses on that early morning walk and you're going to sleep more soundly and that's going to help also regulate other hunger hormones. I just talked about um, only growth hormone and insulin, but there's there's other ones that we can talk about later. And uh, finally, as far as the strategy, compare yourself to nobody else. Now, this is easy to say and hard to do, but I think this is really the most important point. You'll know if your mode of intermittent fasting is working based on how you feel. The benefits will be self-evident. So you will notice that your cravings start to diminish. That's why I say add, add in real food and start decreasing some of the junk food. Don't make things the forbidden fruit. If you do, that's all you're going to think about, and you're going to want them even more. A a research team at the University of Toronto in um, Canada has has recently been focusing on intermittent fasting without reducing overall caloric intake. So they took people that ate the same amount of calories, say between... 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. versus people that had that many calories between 12 noon and um, say 8 p.m. I'm just going to, I'm just, I don't remember the exact numbers in the study, but what they found is that it wasn't number of calories, the timing was more important. The people that did the intermittent fasting lost weight. So the exact mechanism by which these benefits occur is still unclear in most of the studies. And so we we, uh, we need more studies. And there's just, you know, there it's, it's a very difficult thing to study because there's a broad range of methods. There's a broad range of foods that people eat. And it's it's difficult to design really a congruent study. But there's no risk in finding it. You're, you're going to find out what works for you. Diets are not sustainable. Um, as I mentioned, you know, people who go on diets gain weight. It's um, intermittent fasting comes naturally to us as humans, but it's our society that has changed. I mean, throughout the ages, people have been without food for, for, you know, longer periods of time. Not only are we surrounded by food, you know, we're also summoned by food with, with commercials and with eating opportunities, with addictive food everywhere. I mean, eating from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed has become normal. But you know what I say about normal. You don't want to be normal. The regular pattern of normal is is not good. It's dehydrated. It's irritated. It's constipated. It's frustrated. You know, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested. Normal is totally stressed out. You want to live with vitality. But it's hard not to be normal in the area of food because we have electricity, we have refrigeration, we have food everywhere, microwaves, food we food that requires no preparation, and we now we have 24-hour delivery. So the answer to health and vitality is not a fancy diet or some highly restrictive diet. I think people can jump start sometimes with some of these um these food plans, but I don't think that long-term is sustainable. You still have to work yourself in to habits that work for you. 
uh, health and vitality is not a handful of supplements. It's not eating, you know, pre-planned meals from now on to now on because life happens. People have birthdays. People have parties. You want to go on trips. You want to have things that you can do to to have lots of vitality and to enjoy your life. The answer is creating an environment, your own environment of vitality, then proceeding at your own pace and with a mindset that originates from the inside out. That is what I'm here to help you with, a mindset. Now, intermittent fasting is a great mindset. It offers you options that can be highly customized to each and every person. Now remember, social connection is the prime key to health, and strict dieting gets in the way of social connection. But intermittent fasting is congruent with this with a full social life. These bodies are merely our relationship vehicles. We are designed to love God, love people. These bodies are not going to last forever, but it is our um, responsibility in a good way to take care of our bodies so that we get to enjoy more of this this life we've been given. So in closing, there are three things uh, that I want you to remember. Number one, start low and go slow. Start where you are. Customize your plan. It's your body. You're the boss of it. You have to live in it. So start by keeping track of where you are with your feeding window and then decreasing it slowly by just one hour. People experience much more success with with tiny changes. Number two, remember to feed your brain. Your body is designed to carry around and protect your brain. Your brain has to have real food. Now, real food is food that rots or sprouts. And generally, real food doesn't have um, a big ingredient list with with things in it that are hard to pronounce. You know, real food's pretty basic. and start getting your body used to enjoying real food. Number three, uh, remember that you don't have to get legalistic. Some days won't work out. Some days you're going to be at someone's house and you're going to be watching a ball game or having fun playing games and you're not going to stay in your feeding window. That's okay. Our modern high stress lifestyle uh, is full of engineered food. It's We have longer waking hours and we have created the perfect storm for obesity and its health-related problems. So hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, You can start somewhere today enjoying the benefits of intermittent fasting. It's easy. It's virtually free. It's a non-pharmaceutical option for enhanced vitality. You can lose weight safely with intermittent fasting. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Please subscribe and share because remember, a vitality mindset takes the stress out of being healthy. We all need less stress. Blessings until next time.